Welcome to the How to Health Podcast. I'm Dr. Lori Marbus, and today I'm so honored to have John Corey, producer of Forks Over Knives and Plant Pure Nation, and currently the CEO of Plant Pure Passages, who is in partnership with Plant Pure Inc., and Steve and Sue Kehoe, who are health enthusiasts of Tampa Bay. But you guys are working together on a program or have actually produced a program and was piloted in Tampa Bay called Plant Pure Health and Weight Loss Program. And so welcome to the How to Health Podcast, and thank you for your time. Thanks, Doc. All right. So I have so many interesting questions for you, and I really want to get started because, you know, when people see Forks Over Knives or they see your creation, your your ingenuity when it comes to building a film and bringing all the elements and making a smooth story and something that really resonates with people, where did that begin? So if we go back in John Corey's history, where did all that love of film and history and because you've done other films too, like the Bowden Dynasties, I know you're an FSU grad and all that stuff. So where does, where does that start? It probably started with uh, being in, in a large family and having a, a super creative uh, father. And uh, although he was in real estate for many, many years, he, he had a, like a pent up, pent up desire to, uh, to be involved in the theater. And when he retired here down in Florida, he helped start a, a local theater nearby and did a lot of the, uh, initially he did some of the acting, but he loved to, to, to do the directing and the producing. And he did, he supervised over 200, uh, 2000 different uh, productions uh, before he passed away in, in 2000. So he was, obviously, he was in the, and he was just, he was just, just as the, sort of the, the fun dad. And, uh, and my mom went to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts uh, back in the, in the forties where they met after the war. And, uh, and he was in World War II. He was a uh, combat cameraman in the Navy. And, um, and he was doing uh, a lot of photog- professional photography and was photographing a lot of the actors and actresses that were going through summer stock in, in those days. And that's how he met mom. And they ended up uh, getting married and moving to Connecticut and having nine kids. I was number seven. And so there was always music being played, art being done. And you know, they're a little bit bohemian for their, in, their, in their own way. And so they encourage that from all of us. And so a lot, all, if you met my, if you met the other ones in my family, you, you sort of see. Absolutely. So when did you first start picking up the camera and start going, you know, this is really what I want to do? Uh, I would say, I was, well, actually my younger brother picked up the camera and he made a movie. And and I, I was the, I st- I was the one that would that was in it. I, I guess you could say I started it. It was a it was just a, a silly kids film, and we we submitted it to the local uh, PBS Film Festival. And I don't think I was more than eleven, twelve years old, and he was a couple years younger. And uh, but when I got to college, I, I, I got involved in uh, I got involved in, in communications classes, and I I produced my first video piece, and I knew that's what I liked doing. And to me, it was a lot more exciting than gra- I was. I, I was involved in graphic arts, but to me, uh, it was just kind of boring when you had now you had moving pictures, music, you know, uh, 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 music, sound, everything. It was a lot better than just a sort of. A, you light up just even thinking about it. Just you describing it, you just like lit up. So that's well, awesome. and I remember, I remember feeling like I, this is fun. I love this, and 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 also one thing that's interesting when we were when we were being raised, we were the we were the family that, that didn't have a TV. Mm. And it was always kind of weird, and I always felt a little bit left out. 
from as early from as soon as I can remember because when my mom got rid of the TV, I think when I was maybe when I was three or four, because she had too many kids to look after, and there was seven boys and two girls. So you talk about a rambunctious bunch, and they would come home and start watching the TV. They wouldn't get the work done. So mm. what mom did was mom got rid of the TV and she bought in its place a television for blind people so you could hear the audio. So she could go around and she could be doing things around the house and she wouldn't get sucked into a TV show either, but she liked to hear everything. So I, I kind of grew up, I think like kids in the thirties and forties where you only had radio. And then of course I at my friend's house, I'd see it and things like that. So part of me, uh, I, I don't know. I, I just feel like I, maybe that, maybe that helped me visualize things or something, but it, it, uh, it also maybe it satisfied this, uh, this kept up urge to want to be part of something that I couldn't have. Right. Uh, well, I think too, that would probably instigate a lot of imagination too. When you're just hearing the sound, you get to imagine the characters and yeah. the scenes and everything. Yeah. And then especially yeah. in your home. I'll never forget seeing uh, all in the family for the first time at a friend's house and seeing, I, I visualized Edith as looking completely different because oh, she had wow. that crazy voice, you know? Yes. And, uh, and, <laughs> so yeah, paging Dr. Freud. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh my goodness. So how did you evolve into a career? Because you also spent some time in the Air Force and thank you for your service. Mm -hmm. and, and you, your service. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Air Force together. Mm -hmm. So how did that, how did you progress into your career to where you were actually producing documentaries? I really enjoyed the experience of ROTC at Florida State. I, I, I was a cadet for four years. And uh, <clears throat> once a month, we would get the same film that everybody in the Air Force got back then. It was called Air Force Now. It was a 16-millimeter production. It was about 15 minutes long. And it had about three five-minute stories. And each of those stories would educate everybody in the, in the Air Force. By the way, it was mandatory you talk about a captive audience, everybody in the Air Force had to watch this in one capacity or another, either in a classroom or in a gymnasium, as part of the wing or a squadron or flight. Uh, they all, it, it was something you had to watch as part of your monthly meeting with your commander. So um, I, for me, that was when you walk into the classroom and you see the projector in the back, you go like, yes. You know? <laughs> it's, it's, and it was just fun. And I, and, and, I, and I just sort of took to that. And I always thought, boy, that would be really fun if, that, if I could do that. Um, mm -hmm. what would be like a kid in a candy store, sort of marrying the two things I really enjoy military history. I used to watch the world at war with my father who was in world war II, but didn't talk much about it. But on Monday nights, we'd have that special time together and watch mm -hmm. Lawrence Olivier, uh, doing, you know, the, the world at war is 26 half hours sort of set the standard for a TV series. And then uh, interestingly enough, uh, in 97, I ended up producing a series for Thames television, which was the follow on to the world at war called secrets of war and they sold those two series together for many years so wow. i don't know that so I, I was always interested in in producing and my dad was in combat camera so who knows who knows but it all sort of came together and i got my dream job and i got to go to los angeles california at norton air force base which at the time was the largest uh uh, uh military production unit and uh, uh it was called the aerospace audiovisual service and i think of the um uh, they, they had a budget of something like uh, $23 million a year for all of the squadrons. And, and, and our particular squadron, it got the lion's share of that because we not only did our productions and combat camera, uh, but we also uh, oversaw and commissioned all of these civilian companies that would come in and make films 
for the military, like uh, how to brush your teeth or, you know, or, or the, the capabilities of a certain plane or a training film. You know, it, uh, the military uh, really was, has always been a couple steps ahead of civilians, especially when it comes to, uh, to uh, uh, using video to sort of scale training. So if you videotape it once, you don't need to teach it in front of a group every time. You can just have people sit down and watch it. So we were doing laser, uh, laser interactive stuff, like the stuff that you saw on DVDs years mm-hmm. later. We we're doing the big lasers in the Air Force. So it was, kid a, again, a kid in a candy store. And I got out in 1990. And with another friend from the military, we sold the series uh, to A&E called Weapons of War. And we had George C. Scott and Gerald McCraney as the host of that show. We ended up doing 65 hours of different types of systems for A&E. And then uh, after that, I sold another show. I broke off and did one with uh, Charlton Heston called uh, Secrets of War, Sworn to Secrecy, Secrets of War. And we covered six, we did 65 hours, lots of world travel all over, uh, covering all kinds of different conflicts and secrets of, of intelligence, espionage, code-breaking, and things like that. So... Now, you've told me some really interesting stories when you were filming. Is there any particular story or secret that really stood out in your, me- your memory that you'd like to share with us? Because I, I heard some of them. They're pretty cool. <laughs> oh, well, you'd have to remind me. I don't, I, I don't know. It was uh, yeah. the gentleman that you were in California in his home, and he had all these different things, but he had something. It was a, a secret. Oh, what was it? Exactly. Well, what was your favorite? Tell me your favorite. Well, I, well some of the, probably the, 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 the one I'll never forget was when we were on a deadline. It was, we had just filmed George C. Scott, and we were putting together the first, the first two episodes, the pilot episode, and then the second one, which I, had, uh, which I wrote. And um, we had gotten behind that week because everything was coming together. And literally, we were literally writing the script and faxing over paragraphs, and they were picking, they were printing, printing them off at the studio, and they were recording George C. Scott. And we got to the point where I knew I was going to have to tell everybody that, uh, and I was with the, I was with the, the team knew about it, and they were, we were all trying to go as fast as we could. But we knew that moment was going to come where we were going to have to say, "Sir, uh, we don't have any more script now. We didn't know, we didn't know what George C. Scott was going to do or say." And uh, just as we got to that moment. <clears throat> Uh, uh, Mr. Scott says, uh, uh, hey, team, I, I, I hate to tell you this, but my voice is my voice just not doing too well. Would it be okay if, if we do this another day? Can we stop right now? <laughs> it was one of those, you'd never forget that moment of relief because it would have been one of the most embarrassing moments. And I was just starting out in commercial TV then. So, Oh, wow. Wow. George C. Scott, that's incredible. So what has been your most challenging documentary because you also the last days of world war ii was nominated for a national emmy right yeah yeah That's pretty I, well, cool. I, I, yeah i i just been really fortunate I, I did a series called the color of war that was uh, the first the first series ever done on world war ii in color hmm. and i don't know why it took all those years for somebody to figure out what i did which was don't if you're going to do a series about world war ii in color don't try to tell the whole war and everybody and in fact Time Life uh, thought that would be a good idea if we could do it in if we do it that way, but but tell the story A to Z of uh, you know, the battles and the, the commanders and all that, and it didn't make any sense because mu- much of World War II was not filmed in color. Well, what I what I sort of came up with the idea was how about making it about ordinary people and ordinary events, so you can take an ordinary color film that might have a shot of a guy in mud 
It might have a shot of rain. It might have a shot of an enlisted man and an officer. But if you, if you take those shots and then start logging them separately, you can use the shot of the officer and the enlisted man to talk about those issues between the boss and the superiors and how the men felt about their leaders. Or you could take the shot of the mud and the rain and you could do a, you could do a segment about weather and terrain, which is what we did. So that was, uh, that was probably the most challenging thing was, was that. And then maybe... Um, Another, another, I did a two hour special in China called the, uh, the long march. And that was the first, first, you know, sort of a Westerner to be ac given access to all of these, these locations, uh, where we sent our crew. And it, it basically was about, uh, a chairman Mao and, and, and being chased by Chiang Kai-shek from one side of the country to the other. It, they did the equivalent in one year of running, running by foot from New York to San Francisco and back again. Oh my goodness. And it was this amazing story. We had the access to, it's like, it's like doing a documentary on slavery and getting the series roots to use the B-roll. So we got access to, a, to a, a large Chinese production that had already been done. So we were able to uh, have a, literally cast a cast of hundreds in some of the scenes that had already been done. But we were able to do, uh, interview uh, a lot of veterans and things. So that was really challenging because, um, uh, you know, I had spent 100 days in China to pull it off and the language difficulties and things like that. So, wow. Yeah. So we're all, what, how many countries have you been to? Uh, 22. Oh my goodness gracious. Mm -hmm. So that's incredible. So now you have all this history, the world war histories, your, your experience in the military, and now you're moving towards forks over knives in this opportunity. So how did that happen when you went, it's such a different, or is it, is it different? filming and creating, you know, it's a different subject, but is it a different process? Is it a different creative process? Because you, you, you know, started I, with a different... Right, right. Well, uh, Brian Wendell, who, who is an executive producer of Forks Over Knives, he, he uh, had a mutual friend introduced us. I, I, I actually, I'd seen each other at weddings and stuff, but we had, had a mutual friend that, that arranged a meeting and, and, um, and he asked if I would be interested in reading a book called The China Study which immediately intrigued me because I just spent a hundred days there doing that, that film and a couple other projects. So, you know, I, I just kind of knew my way around and I was intrigued. And, uh, and uh, when he told me what it was about, I, I, I thought there was, I was interested. And, and then the, of course the book arrived that, that next week and I got halfway through it and I wrote him an email and said, you know, maybe you should just write your own book. I'd, I didn't really see it coming together. And he, he wrote me back. He said, just keep on reading, keep on reading. And then as I did, I started to, see okay we could you know, i started seeing the what could be the beats of an interesting story mm. so how did was it, it was as simple as that he he was willing to fund it and uh okay and but he wanted somebody that had the experience and then he let me hire uh, everybody uh everybody else on the crew so you have this book that china say which is also the first book that i read by dr t colin campbell which i'm sure everybody who's listening has heard of how do you pull that out of that scientific information? Because it's, it's very heavy in the science. And it, it, for me, it was a mind-blowing experience. And I was trying to figure out how am I going to pull this into my clinical practice? Like, how am I going to take this information and start using it with patients? But you had to actually mold it into something that someone would sit still for and watch, you know, an hour and a half or hour and 20 minute long film, right? and build a story and make it interactive because you have such an art to that. How, how did you decide to do that? My favorite part of Forks Over Knives is actually the very beginning. It's just that introductory component and mm -hmm. 
how did that, how do you start something like that? Because it seems like such a massive project. Well, first of all, having Brian as the person who wanted, who saw the opportunity to make, uh, make, uh, to bring to a film uh, a format what he had been seeing in plant based seminars and what he was reading in his books. He had he was he, he was very already seasoned in terms of concepts, so he he kept me on track, uh, you know, with the, with sort of the tenets of the plant based diet. But I I wasn't eating this way. I wasn't hired to make the film because of my diet. Uh, in fact, quite the opposite. And, and everybody nobody I hired was eating that way either. We just it was kind of just another gig. But um, as I do so often, I, I just found people a lot smarter than I am. <laughs> and one of them was Lee Fulkerson. I I had Lee come on as a series producer of The Color of War, that color series I was talking about. Mm. And uh, Lee is a master wordsmith, real smart guy, super well-read. And I know, you know, I just knew from his experience, he had the intellect and he, and he had sort of the bandwidth and he likes to do one thing at a time. And I knew he could go toe-to-toe with these scientists if he had to. And he would be terrific for, for you know, for, for to, to be the, the one that actually constructed the narrative with uh, Brian. And then I did, I did most of the directing of the film. And also uh, I went out and met with all the people you meet throughout the film and, 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 and uh, you know, did the interviews with them or, you know, got them to get up early in the morning and go running so we could get that one shot. <laughs> Whether it's Dr. Esselstyn on the bike or Dr. Campbell or Ruth Heydrich or Mac Danzig, fight it, punch it. Because my, I felt my challenge, and Leeds not necessarily comes from a directing background. More, he's more of a writer-director. And I just felt like we, the, the, nutrition is not an exciting subject. Uh, even though yet the stakes are high with life and death, we really didn't have a lot of reality. And then Brian suggested we bring some reality into it. Mm-hmm. So we followed, we tracked some patients, but it, was, it just felt like it was important to, um, to be able to get in there and, and uh, uh, bring, just bring some life and some action uh, and, and, and have the camera move. Uh, where just physically move it uh so that that that's kind of and then obviously we, uh, selecting the people that we wanted to be in the film and then constructing the uh the very there's a lot of storylines if you actually you know track if you, if you start doing an outline of that film there's a lot going on yeah and, there is and we just we trusted the audience uh to be able to put it all together and i was really wor- i was worried really Frankly, because uh, even at the end, uh, I was just worried that it was either too dense that we didn't let it breathe enough, or uh, or that pe- it might it might just leave people behind. Mm-hmm. And 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 some people you know, nowadays people like to be spoon fed. They like everything dumbed down and simplified. And we decided to keep keep the, keep everything in the vernacular of the plant based community, even if it's for first timers. And um, yeah, it's interesting. We've heard in in the years since. Uh, many stories of people saying, I've watched it several times and I get something out of it every time. And and for those people, then they might, while they might not pick up on something immediately, they, they're going to go back for more. And the reason was we, we would, we would build these blocks uh, separately to the stories. Like for example, the, the, uh, the protein going from, uh, you know, when Dr. Campbell did his, his rat, rat, lab, lab rat, studies and he showed how you can literally turn cancer on and off and you know that story is a real mind blower when you when you you know and when when we cut it it was about five four minutes long and but then every other story had a really great the uh, beginning and the middle and end too so as we strung it all together i was just i I was i was worried it was it was going to be too 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 much too short amount of time or something I mean, honestly, that is, but that film is such a nidus for so many people's change. 
you know, it's kind of what the health is more recently, but it really is. And I, even still now, when I talk to patients, regardless of when and what kind go watch Forks Overnight. It's a really simple, non-scary thing to do. I'm not asking someone to open up a 400 page book and try to dive in and delve mm-hmm. in, but it's literally, it's just, just go sit and turn on your television and, and watch us or watch it on your laptop. It's so I know a lot of people say thank you. Cause I know when I introduce people, you know, like, and by the way, this is John Corey. They're like, thank you, John, for, you know, everything you've done. And so I, I say thank you for them and me because I've made my children watch it at least twice. <laughs> I watched mm-hmm. it multiple times. So, and it's so easy to say, just it's on Netflix. You know, just go watch yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. It really is. And, but then that led to Plant Pure Nation mm-hmm. was kind of the next one in that line. So how did that come about? Because that's with Nelson yeah. Campbell. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, when I finished uh, the China study, two questions came to mind. One, why, can this really be true? Because when you're hearing it for the first time, you're kind of blown away. And, you're, and the, one of the reasons you are is for the second reason. You, you say, how come I've never heard of this before? So when Nelson started putting together Plant Pure, he had Ali come aboard. Initially, I was, I was doing some other things. And um, <clears throat> they, they did the reality portion of the what what is plant pure nation in the little town of Mevin, and the premise was what happens when you take a small southern town and uh, and you give people just ten days to change their diet will they will they like it will they accept it um, you know they're used to southern comfort foods and and how will that all go and then then they, they brought me on board we we decided to make it a little bit bigger and Nelson really wanted to take that that question why don't we know this and and incorporate that into the story so. Uh, I don't want to give much of it away, but it's really interesting because we we had to uh, we had to take a lot of risks and take some chances to be able to expose, if you will, um, the the reasons why we haven't heard about this and where and, and basically it's one of those follow the money stories and mm-hmm. you know, who has the money and who has the power and, and who controls the agenda and when you when you see that all, just about ten companies control virtually all of the brands food brands that we have now and. And things like that, you start to realize, well, they, they not only control their brands, they control the, the, the millions and millions of dollars, mm-hmm. uh, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars in advertising follow those brands. Yeah. And so then you, and if you're looking for the media companies uh, to be really forthright about this and out in front reporting this, you'll see, you'll see a report every now and then, but those media companies make their living off those 10, you know, major branding uh, companies that own all of these brands. So there's been such a consolidation uh, that really there's a lot of money. There's a lot of, there's a lot of power in messaging uh, and that power is derived from people writing the checks. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's quite the watch because I actually watched it when you first um, released it. Just it was still a rough cut was on the holistic holiday cruise in 2015. So that was really Mm -hmm. an eye opener. It's like, huh, (laughs) makes a lot more sense. Wow. So you also, you know, I really would like to, because the most recent thing you've done was the, the, the Bobby story, Bobby Bowden. Um, mm-hmm. Is it Bowden or Bowden? I've heard Bowden. Bowden. Bobby Bowden. <clears throat> and the Bowden dynasty and it's the story of faith and family and football. And I know that's kind of a, a, a really cool one for you. Can you tell us a little bit about it and where we can find it? Well, you can find it at BowdenDynasty.com. And uh, thanks to Nelson, I was able to produce that film while I was still with Plant Pure. I'm still with Plant Pure, but um, uh, some uh, some alumni uh, friends of mine 
were able to to fund a film that I had in production that I had I, I had the idea to do it you know, back in 2011, and they, they we saw a moment of time to actually film that and put it together. And it's about Coach Bobby Bowden and his uh, his arrival. Well, really, it's his his life story, and he's one of these. He's the second winningest college coach in in, in America, and he's it's just got this great story of faith story of family story of football it really is it's kind of a cliche title but it really fit for him mm-hmm. and so it's something that i was able to hire a team that had done a number of espn 30 for 30s and and espn films and uh they're a two-man team out of charlotte uh, rob harvell and brian Gouin by name cool. and they uh they put this thing together and it was just fabulous and so came out last year and looking for a tv home for it now yeah but uh but uh, that, that may be my last documentary for a while for a while. Yes. Cool. Don't hang don't don't hang up your 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 camera quite yet though, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but now you have I mean you've now moved on to Plan for Your Health and Weight Loss program, which mm-hmm. is a program that's like we said earlier, you're the CEO of Plant Pure Passages and then there's in in partnership with Nelson and Plant Pure and then of course Steven Sukiho, who are also in Tampa. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about this plant for health and weight loss, people are going, well, what is that? That's something new. Mm-hmm. It's a different type of program and why, you know, maybe you could give us some idea of why you think there's even a place for that in the market. Can you give me an idea of what it is? What should people expect? How can they get involved? Okay. Yeah. Thanks. It, it, it's really been wonderful for me to be on the plant pure, um, uh, just taking this ride with Nelson because he's fearless and what he and Kim have done since they started Plant Pure Nation, they, they, well, let's look, let's look at what they've done. Not only just how they just started Plant Pure Communities and all of those wonderful initiatives, they just did, did another announcement about the restaurant campaign with John Sally last week. Um, but on, on the food end, uh, Nelson had experience putting together a frozen food line in, in another life and, and brought his expertise with Sean LePay. One of, uh, one of our uh, food experts up in Toronto, <clears throat> and they managed to, um, they, they put out 10 frozen dinners that are 16 ounces, all plant-based with uh, uh, low, low, low or no sugar and uh, low uh, uh, and no chemicals and, and all, the good, all the good stuff. Yeah, oil-free and, and whole food plant-based and phenomenal, phenomenal food and uh, 16 ounces and they were deli- and they uh, they delivered their less than $8. So what a fan day. You're talking about fast food prices. So it was just fun to be part of that and help that get released after the film came out. We helped with the marketing of that and the building the websites and some of the, and then I kind of put together a lot of videos for Plant Pure TV. And then Nelson came out with the, the, the dry line, which are the kitchen starters. That's like hamburger helper. Uh, mm. But instead of adding hamburger to the seasonings and to their, uh, to their uh, staples, like either peas or pastas, they added, uh, you add veggies. Mm-hmm. So it's a real simple idea, but a super economical, you know, for, for uh, you, can, you can feed a family of four, each a 16-ounce serving uh, for $10, $12, maybe $13, depending on how much the vegetables cost. So what a great idea. And, and, and that's what Nelson wanted to do is to make it accessible for people that, that aren't, you know, that, that, don't have, that don't necessarily can't afford it. And, uh, and so, and then, and then recently they came out with another 10 more, 10 more frozen. So now we're talking 20 frozen and then 10 dry line. They have 30 different entrees. Um, I don't know if anybody else out there is, is doing anything even close to that, 
And, and Publix just recently, over 800 stores now, carry four of the, uh, of the frozen. They're a smaller size at 12 ounces, but they're going out the door for $4.99. Wow. So it's exciting to be around that. And uh, with Dr. Uh, I helped build a, the, a 10-day jumpstart program with Dr. Jim Markham, who's in the film Plant Pure Nation a couple of, uh, couple of years ago. And then last summer, we took that 10-day jumpstart and then we expanded it to 21 because a lot of people see the film and they come to our website. We say, hey, take the uh, 10-day jumpstart challenge. And so they buy enough food to eat for, for 10 days and, and then they get, they get on the email list and, the, and Dr. Markham gives, gives them a, a little tutorial every day. So having taken that with uh, uh, Laura Dietrich, our health coach in, in Louisville, we built that into a 21-day program last summer. So I've been around it. I've been around the education, been around the food. But all the while, something Dr. Markham said to me really stuck. And he said, you know, you, you think, about, think about the different ways that people come to this diet. And a lot of people come to it for, for one reason or another. But one benefit they almost all get is a weight loss. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that seven out of 10 Americans needs and they want. So uh, uh, I, I approached Nelson uh, about a year and a half ago about this idea. And then I started developing it. And we got Steve and Sue Kehoe on board to help uh, help us produce it. And the idea was to create a, uh, to create a program that uses our food, but doesn't, you don't necessarily have to eat the plant pure food. It's just so convenient and it's so inexpensive. Right. Um, but, but uh, the program is a built around uh, a seminar, a five hour seminar. It's the keystone. And what the premise I started off with was, um, I want to take a PowerPoint, but I want to treat it like it's television. So I don't want just a bunch of slides. Let's put, because PowerPoints evolve. So it's, it's not your dad's PowerPoint anymore. It's, <laughs> got, and if you, and I've got a terrific producer in Barbara Nolan here in Tampa Bay, phenomenal, phenomenal, uh, gifted producer. And she, she brought a lot of animation to the slides. So we just didn't, we didn't want anything to be boring. Nowadays, you'll, it's not uncommon to hear somebody say, oh, I watched the, uh, I watched the House of Cards the other day or Game of Thrones or, you know, or whatever series they, they, they'll binge watch five or six hours on a Saturday or Sunday. It's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. And my, draw, my goal was to create a, a five-hour seminar experience that was like that, that had a lot of inspirational stories, a lot of video, a lot of testimonials, but a lot of science. And the, the idea was, how can we make something for the average Joe, the average Jane that just wants to lose weight? They don't have the money or the time necessarily to fly up to fly to Atlanta or New York or somewhere and, and buy a, an expensive ticket and, and an expensive hotel and an expensive plane ride. And they don't have a whole weekend to give away for that because if they got kids and they got little league and stuff like that, they want to get just as healthy as anybody else. Mm-hmm. And, and also it's cost prohibitive. So we decided to, to, to cre- create a seminar program that could be, Delivered on a local level, but produced with a, with produced with the, with the, you know sort of the, the some of the techniques that I, tricks of the trade that I picked up over, <laughs> over the years. Really super happy with it. I couldn't have found a better partner than Steve Keel because he's got a real good understanding. Uh, his wife was a had stage four breast cancer. They she was given uh, two years to live, mm-hmm. and uh, he just happened to see a show on television about plant-based nutrition. And he's an engineer. He said, I want to figure this out. He started reading every book he could. He started uh, going to every seminar he could and read everything and, and began cooking for his wife, Sue. And uh, she, she's been cancer-free for six years now. So he's a great partner. So I feel like I, I, I helped produce him and he helped produce me in ways. Uh, 
And that, uh, so we've got a really cool five hour program. And what we did was we decided to tuck that into the, make that the cornerstone, the beginning of, of somebody's journey. And the premise was we, we want to take somebody that's never heard of anything about plant-based and make that argument in five hours. And if we can do it well enough, we can get them to buy in and eat the food and go another, go another 28 days. Mm-hmm. So can we, can we just make enough of an impression in one day or two evenings? We we're, we're teaching it in two evening courses, but uh, yeah, that was the, uh, that was, that was the idea is, is to try to you know, really get them, get them curious enough and interested enough. Because it leads them down the path of, wow, what is this to why? And then at the end, they're like, why didn't I hear about this before? It's kind of like you evolve through the forks overnight. I think that's when I've seen your, the doc, you know, the five mm-hmm. hours is, mm-hmm. and then you give them some enough of the practical approaches in the daily emails and everything to really make a difference. So why do you think there's a place in the market for that? I mean, why well, would someone even bother? Well, I tell you, the, the, one of the things I find, and I've been to a lot of uh, a lot of plant-based seminars and conferences over the, over the years, and oftentimes you have a lot of experts that are showing up and they're getting paid, uh, uh, usually uh, uh, they're getting paid handsomely to come and talk, but they don't necessarily coordinate with each other. And so you'll find that they're either uh, covering the same material, there's a lot of overlap, or, and then, then there's a lot of overlap and redundancy. And then sometimes there are holes here and there. And, and then, then oftentimes you find that many people that are there, they're not there to be converted. There are, they've already bought in. They're there to, be, to, to have some reaffirmation. And they want to meet some of these people that they've seen in films or books or, or read their books and things. Mm. So. And, then, and there's a place for that. And that's all fine and good. But what about the average Joe down here in Tampa Bay? You know, he's, he's, maybe he works for Pepsi and he drives a truck and, and he just has a Saturday. So, uh, and if you got those five hours, you can't be redundant and repetitive. Mm-hmm. You've got to make the case. So we start off in, in hour one by talking about the standard American diet. And we, we show people that they're just like everybody else. 70% of us, they're in the majority. If you're going to a weight loss clinic, you're in the majority <laughs> now. But uh, we've got a lot of, a lot of disarming uh, stats, statistics. And then most importantly for each of the hours, they get to meet one person. And we interviewed some, you know, these people, mm-hmm. Anthony Nasiello and Tim mm-hmm. Kaufman, yeah. and Carlene Bridgman from here in Clearwater. They're, they're amazing. They tell their stories in each of the hours. You, you meet them in the beginning and you follow the story throughout the hours. So what it does is it takes a lot of this, a lot of, if you, if you will, science slides, and they, 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 they take it from your brain and they, they kind of put it, you have to start running that through your heart because now you're you're watching the story of somebody who was really in bad shape, and these guys were all these guys were all you know all, all in different different stages of despair, yeah. and uh, uh, so that's why I, that's why I think there's a place for. It. And then the, the, and then uh, hour two is the, the the science of the plant based diet. Hour three is the transition. Hour four is cooking and and uh, and prepping and pantry and you know, uh, purging the bad stuff. Mm-hmm. Hour five is my favorite. Hour five is the community, the plant-based community. Mm-hmm. And what we do is we, we, we uh, here in Tampa Bay, <clears throat> we, we give them slides, uh, we give them information, uh, things like, here's how Happy Cow works. Try Happy mm-hmm. Cow if you, if you want to look for restaurants. Here are the restaurants in our area that are really good. Hey, did you know about that meetup group that meets over here? There's another meetup group that meets over here. Hmm. Uh, there's a veg fest that's on every no every November, mm-hmm. and so and then we mentioned the plant pure communities and the plant pure pods, and we show we show Nelson's videos about how he thought up the pod idea, and the idea is for that person you have to remember that you know for a lot of us we 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 
we uh, evolved uh, over time to kind of accept the plant pure diet. But we've only got five hours, and we want that person to feel as comfortable as possible. We also have to get them ready for this. Is your parent? Your friends might might think this, or your coworkers might say that. And we try to give them all the ammo they need to go out there and just do twenty eight days in peace. Because, like I say, you can watch a film about the diet, you can read a book about the diet. There's nothing better than listening to your body tell you, "I feel great." Right. And you're then you're and then your numbers are changing. So we, we just developed into a more of a, of a full program where we uh, the, the people sign up on our website. They get the they get the biometric testing done before they come in. They get seven days of warm up uh, uh, emails, and then they get 21 days of the jumpstart program uh, while they're going through the program. And then they also get uh, seven days of transition um, after the two day seminar or the one day seminar. Uh, we do a shopping visit as soon as we can. Uh, Publix has been great. We go to another store called Sprouts. Mm-hmm. Then 14 days after the seminar, they have a reunion. It's a halfway uh, point. And then uh, we have a cooking class. But it's not really a cooking class where we're all going to make this elaborate meal. It's really showing them how you can cook without oil and, and showing them some of the gadgets like the Yonana machine. And <laughs> some people, they've never seen a Nutribullet and how simple that can be. Right. And, and, uh, and so we, 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 we uh, do some simple wraps and pizzas and things like that that don't require don't require a lot of... a big oven and things like that. And then uh, two weeks after that, which is the 28-day point, uh, they finish the program. They get an email. We, we give them a coupon to a, a local, uh, to an on-site place that will give them a prescription to get their blood test done again. And uh, they come to our reunion party after 28 days of the seminar. Right, that's right. We try to time it about four weeks out. And we recognize the people because we, we, we have them weigh in. If they, if they want to, if they want to be part of a contest, uh, they can weigh in. Uh, in the, at the seminar, and then they can weigh in again at the reunion party. They can turn over their, they can give us their numbers, and then we 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 recognize the people that lost the most percentage of weight and the most percentage of cholesterol. So it's fun, and I found that was the easiest class to teach because uh, uh, when Steve and I had our first group go through, we we, we couldn't shut them up. <laughs> we we had to get out, we had to get out of there, and everybody wanted to share what they were going through, and 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 you see the light bulbs are going off, and they're like, yeah, yeah. Because so much of this information, it really does sound too good to be true. Uh-huh. And, uh, and so I, I think for a lot of people, they, they just think it's another gimmick or another kind of sales job. So but when people are actually living it, that's really exciting. So that's sort of it in a nutshell. And what we, what we wanted to do is not only do it here in Tampa Bay, but we're now licensing the program. And we, are, we already have five other uh, licensees in the process of getting, getting up and running for the new year. And... Uh, in New Jersey, in New York, and Iowa, South Carolina, even an air base in uh, Japan. Uh, one of the doctors out there is going to run the program. We can't ship them the food in Japan, but they're going to run the program nonetheless. So uh, we're really excited to be able to uh, help these people. Help. There's a lot of people that are interested in, in having a program like this because it is like Jenny Craig where you get the food delivered. But it's also like Weight Watchers where you get to coach and teach and have the accountability and the weigh-ins. But it's simple enough where you can get your arms around it. And most importantly, for people that have the, that have the desire to teach a course like this, they can, they can make a living doing it. And that's mm-hmm. important. It's important that people you know, not, not sacrifice themselves. There's a lot of folks out there that are, that are just bending over backwards and sacrificing their time and, and everything else. But you, you, you've, got to be able to, you've got to be able to support yourself to, to continue that. Not everybody can... We do that out of, out of the goodness of their own hearts. So we, we designed it so that it could be successful for everybody involved. 
So wow. that, that's going to be our challenge this next year is uh, supporting the licensees and growing the company out. Wow. And they can find you at plantpurehealthandweightloss.com. Mm-hmm. And then let's say there isn't anywhere local that they don't have, you don't have that program at, you're just getting going. They can also go to plantpurenationright.com or where, where can they go to sign up for like the 10 day jump starts and stuff like that? Or well, find they the don't, pods? Yeah, they, well, they, if they want to get involved, if people just want to get involved in the, the pods, they can go to plantpurecommunities.org. Okay. If you want to buy the food, you can go to Plant Pure Nation. But we're the only, uh, plantpurehealthandweightloss.com is the only site that for what we're doing, which right. is this, this, which is this program. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. So, with all of that, and you've seen, so you've made documentaries and you've made documentaries about people who've changed their lives and you're meeting all these luminaries in the field. What has changed in your life? So you, when did you decide, hey, I'm going to go on the plant-based diet and what happened? Uh, gradually throughout the production, uh, not only me, but uh, almost everybody on the crew started doing it out of... Out of, uh, out of respect for the doctors we were covering. By that time, we had met, sat down with Dr. Esselstyn and heard his story and said, this is going to be a good day. That's a great match. Mm-hmm. And then you, you start reading Prevent and Reverse, and you said, this, there's something to this. So um, all of us started, uh, all of us gradually got into it. And my, my mother-in-law, I always cite her as, as patient zero for Forks Over Knives because only about a few weeks into it, I told her about what I was, what I was up to. And just on the, by virtue of that phone call, she went online, looked it up, and just started doing her own research, and she transitioned within weeks. And uh, I saw her at that time. She was 79. And later that summer, summer 2010, she took us all to uh, Africa, all, all, all her, her, her kids and her grandkids. We all went to Africa, and uh, Bev Kelly is her name, and she ran circles around all of us. And she said, John, I didn't know I had another gear. I thought I was just getting old. She, and she's adorable. I've met her, and she is – I mean, we when I met her, she was already on her way out to go and take care of her older neighbors in their yeah. 90s. <laughs> yeah. And since then, yeah, since then, we, you know, every five years, we do something special. We, we went to Italy in 2015, same thing. Wow. She she ran circles around everybody from, through Tuscany and, and all that. So it's fun. And then my wife uh, transitioned. My kids, uh, my kids are leaning into it, and uh, mm-hmm. that's always good. It's tough when you when you got teenagers and pizza boxes and things. But, but uh, <laughs> everybody, everybody, everybody knows what happens when you when you when you lean into it heavier in some weeks than others. So right. the, the point's been made. And right. so, I'm, uh, so yeah, and then then I guess the the, the most satisfaction I get is, um, uh, you know, I was talking to Brian Wendell about this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I'm really satisfied by the, by the amount of people that have entered this film, uh, excuse me, entered this this field, if you will, uh, in in one way or another. Maybe they started a restaurant, or they started a, uh, a meal delivery service, or uh, maybe they're coaching or something like that, but they were inspired by Forks Over Knives or they were inspired by Plant Pure Nation. So to be a part of that and, and, uh, and, and, and kind of feel like you've, have, you've been able to help play a, play a, a part in helping uh, uh, people take uh, what might be complicated information and make it digestible and accessible, that's really, that's, that's really um, so I get, I get a lot of satisfaction out of that. It's, it's probably easier to have people change their religion than their diet. So... <laughs> You know, for a lot of people, I think that's true. It's because, right. you know, 
like when I'm eating hundreds of hundreds of thousands of, of meals by the time you're in your fifties wow. and sixties and, and it's hard. Those habits are hard to break for a lot of people. And, but I, I think what needs to be pointed out is that you're so humble about it that you literally, I mean, four over nights have changed lives. I mean, for you to take that information and put it in such a, a palatable form. I mean, it was so enjoyable to watch, even though you've, I may have watched it twice or three times, I could go and watch it again and still be, enthralled the entire time so i well also i have to be humble because i it was it was it wasn't just me it was brian fulkerson it was our editors our our our, our, everybody cameraman and and of course the team too everybody played a role in that when when rip esselstyn went up that fire pole without using his legs i remember looking at the cameraman and saying you got that didn't you (laughs) and then i ran up to the top and i remember i said rip um you have it in you to do that one more time so we haven't got He's like, yeah, sure, I'll go do it. So, you know, and then the one day we were with Rip, and they they literally had they had two or three uh, uh, alarms where they had a runoff on calls, and we were able to document and get those shots done that day. So we had a lot of what we call happy accidents uh, along the way. <laughs> so the production gods were good to us on many an occasion. So you know, and also anytime you do something with television or film, you you've sat through the credits of films. It's a mm-hmm. true collaborative art. This isn't one person with an easel. This is a this is a collaborative thing. So right, absolutely. Um, yeah. So I, I I don't I don't ever want to sit here and claim to uh, claim to have any more authorship than anybody else. It's pretty incredible. Still, however, <laughs> but so in closing, because I know I've used up your hour, and sorry to go over just a little bit, but do you have one bit of advice for let's say someone because now you're you're starting this company and you're you're you know sending it out into the united states and the world to help people transition what is the one bit of advice if you have someone who's listening or watching going what is this plant-based diet maybe i should do this maybe i should look into it what is the one thing that you've noticed or said to someone or the one piece of advice that might help someone just tip them over into actually moving into this idea of trying this yeah that's the easiest question you've asked me because of all the hard work that Kim Campbell did developing those 20 frozen lines of 16 ounces each mm-hmm. and then developing the, the 10 dry lines where you're getting for about, uh, about $100 after you buy the packet and you buy the vegetables, you can create 40 servings for about $100. Think about that. Wow. Talking, about, talking about feeding a family of, of four for about $10, maybe $12. That's phenomenal. So what I tell people, the biggest advice I give them, I just say, go buy the food. And if you live in Alabama or, or, or Georgia, South or North Carolina or Florida, I say, go to Publix. Just go to Publix. Eat the food. Talk mm-hmm. to me later. Because <laughs> that food, because what Kim, the brilliant thing of what Kim did was she didn't you know, make a bunch of rabbit food. She made, she made foods in the familiar favorite flavors we're used to, whether it's curry or barbecue or or you know, uh, something Italian, you know, the meatballs and things like that. She, she kept the flavors that people are used to. She just changed out the ingredients. It was so smart, so, mm-hmm. you know, so intuitive. So for people uh, that, that want to get a start, it's easy for me to say, don't, you know, I want, you know, yeah, of course, watch the movie, read the book. Yeah, that's fine. But eat the food. Just eat, eat the food. Eat, eat the food. You know, when we have people go through our program, we, we suggest that they buy 20 of the frozen, Mm-hmm. And then uh, if they purchase uh, 10 of the dry line, that will give them the 60 servings they need to go through the 28 days. There's your, bre- there's your lunch and your dinner. And you know, when you do the math, it comes out to $4 for a lunch 
and $4 for uh, a dinner. And then the program itself is about $5. And plus you get the, you get emails for a whole year. You get 12 uh, newsletters. You get access to the digital summit library with six of the 60 amazing speakers. And, and uh, I know like, <laughs> like yourself. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so it, it, you know, it's, so we we just try and and you get a download of a plant pure nation. So we just try to create the try to create the program to make it a, make it irresistible. But the food itself is not just the food, but the food is cheaper than regular food. So when somebody says, "Wait a minute, you mean I I could I can eat I can eat for a whole month with the exception of breakfast, but I can eat for a whole month for two hundred and forty dollars." Uh, chances are that's cheaper than than them eating the way they normally might anyway. So. I just think that's the best thing you could do is, is just try the food. And then if, it, if you don't like it after that, you know, you maybe you don't like our, our you might not like the flavors or whatever, but you're, you're going to feel different and you're going to think differently once, you're, once you're, your, your body starts talking to your head, mm-hmm. your head starts talking to your heart, you start saying, well, oh, this, you know, this way. And also, it's not that hard. Right. It's not, it's not that hard. And that's the, th- the thing, especially when people are transitioning, it's a lot to ask somebody to cook for themselves and do this all by themselves. Mm-hmm. So, Nelson and Kim made it so easy for people that either can't afford it or people that would just like to, like to have it done for them. I, I, went, I went over to dinner uh, to a friend's house last night, and on the way, I stopped by Publix and picked up four of the dinners and brought it to them. And they were expecting me to bring a bottle of wine. I brought them four of the dinners instead. <laughs> it, was 20, it, was a 20, it, was, you know, it was $20, and they were so appreciative. That's awesome. And it made a great little conversation piece, and they're going to try it, and, you know, so I think they should deliver them to hospitals and deliver them to their hospital patients. Honestly, absolutely. That, that would be the best place to send all of their frozen meals. It needs to be. And Kim and Nelson have the heart of gold. They're the kindest people. I mean, just, and I think that's the one thing that I've enjoyed so much about being part of this community is that everyone I meet, they're just, it's like family. Like we were talking when we were in that last, conference in Tucson it was just like it's like walking into a hallway a family you don't know you don't have yet but they're mm-hmm. you're that we're all in the same boat wanting to help people just eat well and and be well so I agree and also when you when you go to these conferences we went to the the one you mentioned and the other one the plant uh plantation project the mm-hmm. plant-based health healthcare uh conference in Anaheim you're now you're now you're meeting 700 800 professionals and who who have all sort of seen this as the way to go, and uh, it's a it's a good it's a really good group. You wish the you wish the whole world was like that, you know. Oh, I tell you, it's even hard for me to go to any uh, AFP or the American Academy of Family Practice like conferences. They're just and we're family doctors. Like we're supposed to be like the huggy you know huggy lovey ones, like pediatricians. And we're <laughs> it's so different. It is. So it's like, I don't even, nope. <laughs> some, some of the unhealthiest people you'll meet are, are the doctors and nurses oh. at, at the hospital you go to. Yeah. We, we are very uh, poor about taking care of ourselves. But we're dispensing life-saving messages or not dispensing the proper messages. So mm-hmm. that's, yeah, I, I totally get it. That's for sure. Well, Mr. Corey, thank you so much for your time. That was brilliant. And I loved it so much. And everyone, everyone says thank you. Thank you, Dr. Lori Marvis. <laughs> All right. Major, Major Marvis, USAF. That's right, uh, <laughs> Captain Corey. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, thank you again.